Good afternoon and welcome to the Citizen Body Podcast, or as we call it, the Bodycast here. You are either listening to and or watching the Bodycast. You guys like the name? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we chose the Bodycast as the name because uh, a lot of times when you need to fix something that is broken, you need to immobilize it or put a cast on it. So podcast, Bodycast, it all kind of work together. So um, on the Bodycast, what we talk about is the things that unite us because we strive to be an all-inclusive community and we promote things like um, eat small, shop small, vote small, art small, because that's where we seem to have the biggest impact in our communities. And today we are with our featured, we're, we're with obviously our co-founder, John Katrina, and we are thrilled to welcome Jim and Lynn Lemire. If I said that right, I got it right. <laughs> and they are a featured artist this week on The Citizen Body. So if you want to find out more about The Citizen Body, you can go to www.thecitizenbody.com. And that's where you find our content, where we've got, uh, obviously, the podcast. We've got articles, lessons, different takeaways. And we also have a lot of different artists and musicians who we feature each week. And this week, you guys are our featured artists. So welcome. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you. So tell us first about how you met, because you guys work on your art together, which is something that's a little bit more unusual in, in the art realm. That's, that's kind of what's interesting about you guys. Well, we, we made it through four years of school without once running into each other went to all the same um, openings, ate all the same free food, drank all the free wine that artists always love and never managed to actually connect. But after we graduated, uh, we moved into the same house. Wow. So I lived downstairs and Lynn moved into the apartment upstairs and that's how we met on the front porch. Yeah, he was painting on the front porch so it was easy to recognize him as a fellow artist. <laughs> Yeah. So four years of ne like doing the running in the same circles, but never actually connecting. Well, maybe kind of circles that kind of knocked against each other sometimes, but never like uh, the same friends or anything like that. Yeah. Where did you guys grow up? Um, well, I, I was born in Mount Holly where we live now, but um, my father was in the Air Force. So we moved around a lot. I lived in Charleston, South Carolina and northern Italy and so uh, eventually we I ended up back here <laughs> yeah we were actually in Europe at the same time when we were five and we both went to Asilo which is like an Italian uh, daycare kind of kindergarten situation me in Switzerland and him in Italy when we were five years old <laughs> so wow. we were kind of stuff like that every once in a while yeah and Lynn where did you grow up uh, I grew up in upstate New York uh, just outside Saratoga Springs Okay. And then you guys, so then college, you guys were at Rutgers. Right. And which is uh, for those of people who are not local or might not know, Rutgers is in New Jersey. And then you moved to Mount Holly. You guys both moved to Mount Holly. Mm -hmm. And at what point did you guys start to collaborate with the art, with your art? Well, it's uh, pretty much as soon as we started living together, because uh, when you're young and you don't have a lot of money, your space is limited. And like now we have two studios, but at the time it, we were all working in the same place and you have somebody looking over your shoulder going, you know what you ought to do with that? 
and then pretty soon you're you're no in irritation or just because you don't know what you want to do with it you go well fine then you do it <laughs> so so we kind of uh that's kind of a jokey way of saying we just we started talking about the work together more and more and then um just started becoming more and more collaborative it was a you know pretty gradual but inevitable i think um occurrence because surrealism lends itself to it our style of of painting is considered either surrealist imaginative realist or you can call it magical realism too there's uh, several um titles for it but ultimately it's about it kind of is is an intellectual exercise too it's it's more than just simply uh painting a scene that you see outside as beautiful it is as it is and wonderful to capture it um th there's 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 not a real intellectual aspect to it and ours is more of is more like that you know uh yeah aspiring to be a somewhat a little bit poetic in, in some way to have a a twist on uh on something visual maybe it's a pun or a metaphor or or the juxtaposition when you juxtapose uh two like unrelated things together uh our brains are wired to try and make meaning even if there was no maybe intended meaning and um and or sometimes you you, you juxtapose those things because there is some sort of meaning you don't realize is there yet so yeah. Well, everything we do here at the Citizen Body is to try to make uh, or help people think or encourage thinking in some way, because um, it actually grew out of my consulting work, which I just noticed the remarkable difference when, when human beings in, in a uh, subset are focused on emoting and negative things. And when you get them actually focused on thinking and creating just that process itself is a much healthier process of human energy. Um, and the learning then is occurring, and then it becomes more of a virtuous cycle versus the vicious cycle of, um, you know, the opposite. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably what attracted us. And I, I should probably tell the listeners that, you know, we came together because one of our members in our, our meetings had your painting in their backdrop on a Zoom call like this. And then that led to another member we were talking about it and why is the boat up in the air? And I don't want y'all let you guys talk about your art, but you know, it, 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 it was a conversation, you know, and then that led to actually, I think, uh, the, a purchase from you. And that's kind of our process here at the citizen body. So that's why we figured, Hey, we should, um, have you on. I also think it's really cool, Sue, that, um, you know, music to me, my rush comes from playing with other people and the physiology of playing off of each other. And I think it's interesting that when you paint together that it's more rare, but are you, do you get a, a feeling that's more whole than if you just did it yourself? Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's part of the, why we enjoy working together, uh, the back and forth. And also when you're you know, a musician plays for an audience and we, we really enjoy getting out there for the first time in a year, we were at an art show a couple of weeks ago in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And it feels really good just to get feedback so that you know, you know, if you're in a bubble creating things and there's nobody there to see it, you know, did you did you hear the sound in the forest when the, right. the tree fell and nobody was there? Yeah. That's interesting what you said about uh, the kind of positive aspect of, of creating. Uh, a lot of people have a kind of a mistaken idea that surrealism, uh, and it's not completely mistaken, there is very dark surrealism. 
it's out there. Um, and there's a, there's a good reason for it. But, but we choose, not that we don't have dark things, you know, that pass through our heads. Uh, we choose to use the paintings as a way to process anything dark and and try to put out light because there is so much darkness in the world that we really want to to put out something something beautiful that will 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 have a positive effect and i use the example i can use an example if you don't mind yeah um, love to of a dream that that he had uh a number of years ago uh which was you remember it's the hummingbird dream where where it was where, a negative image oh dream. it was horrible he imagined all these hummingbirds on a on a conveyor belt no it's a great dream these hummingbirds on a conveyor belt and he had a hammer and he was hitting them with the hammer and every time he hit one it would shatter but it would make kind of like a, a shattered glass shattered glass almost musical sound and he woke up and he was so upset with this so we discussed it and we decided uh, that the best way to deal with this was to paint an apology to the hummingbirds. Wow. So the hummingbirds, were they in your dream? Were they real? And then they turned to glass after you hit them? Right. At the moment of impact. Yeah, that's what happened. Interesting. So that's what I was, that's what I was envisioning, as you were saying, a live animal. So that's how those dreams go. You know, they're so illogical. Um, so you see the real animal, so you probably have trepidation. Why am I killing this animal? But then it shatters in glass and, and there's probably a relief. Oh, it's not actually a real hummingbird. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's surreal itself. We kind of saw it as at the time it was like, it was kind of a, a, a grass, you know, you have moments in your artistic career where it's not all joy and light. No, we get to paint in the studio. It's like, it feels, it can feel like a grind. And you can also like question whether what you're doing is authentic and, <laughs> and you know, or yeah. repetitive, are you repeating yourself, you know, and, and there, there was some, sometimes you question that. So, you know, are we destroying the, the authenticity of, of each piece by like repeating theme themes? It was, a, it was a time period where we were, we were exploring all those kind of questions. It's tor it's torturous. And Sue, I know you, you talked about wanting to learn the ukulele, but if you go down the road of music or art or or it's such a roller coaster, things that you think are gonna be your magnum opus, sometimes people are just like, eh. And sometimes you think <laughs> something right, that's right, right. something that's like mundane, you're getting ready, it's on the scrap heap bin, and you're like, Yeah, and they're like, Oh my god, that's brilliant. And you're just like, I can't even. So after a while. I reach a point where it's like, doesn't even matter. I'm just going to like throw it all out there. Put it out there. <laughs> and, and the feedback, like you said. Um, but the funny thing is too, is what I, what I think also attracted me to your art in particular is we have this thing called imagination exercise. Cause we, I believe, and we believe the imagination is kind of a muscle and a part of our cultural problem, I think with the tribalism and, and the polarization is the people's imaginations have become weak when you can no longer see a better world, when you can no longer see things being better. And I think a lot of people are at that point. They've just kind of given up. I know people just in the city of Philadelphia, like this city's done or this country's destroyed or it's over, right? You know, you hear this kind of talk. Whereas, you know, um, obviously you can just be the eternal optimist and be like, no, it's not, think positive. I'm thinking more like, are you actually imagining what and how specifically it's different? So what you guys do in your painting, I think, is you challenge that imagination. 
and you stimulate it. So to me, it's actually contributing to the exercise of imagination, which is something our culture and country very much needs is a stronger imagination. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the, uh, you were saying uh, you felt like some of your artwork had a common theme to it. And John already mentioned the boats in the air. Tell us a little about, about the boats in the air. Yeah, there have been a lot of, uh, over the years, probably a hundred or more boats just floating above the surface of the water, uh, sometimes floating in the clouds. And um, a lot of uh, different cultures have boats as, as a metaphor for life's journey. And um, like the vessel of your soul. The vessel of your soul, yeah. And so we just have them positioned in so many different places and they're above usually to transcend, to have a kind of, you know, spiritual quality. You were talking about spiritualism earlier. And uh, so the boats are a recurring theme because we just, we love boats. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the idea that, that you know, if you're not uh, subject to the whims of tides and currents, that, uh, that you know, your mind, your imagination, your soul, uh, you, you have self-determination about the direction that you want to go in. You, you it, ultimately like the boat the boat really could exist anywhere right. right it could be in the water and just you know it doesn't have oars so it's 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 gonna go if it's in the water it's just gonna it's just gonna go and and you're and you're helpless but if it's in the air it's it's suggesting that your your mind you know your imagination uh, is boundless you and, know and so we're hoping that the, the viewer will put themselves in the boat or as the boat or as the boat and yeah. and just uh you know feel that freedom that, that we kind of feel when we when we paint them yeah. and we have we have to go somewhere new as a human kind as the humans we have to go somewhere that we've never been before a new level of uh accomplishment spiritually intellectually you know with peace and what we call homeostasis in the citizen body because we, our analogy is that we're all, as our body has trillions of cells, different specialties, but with their own individual constitutions, right? But they all work together to achieve homeostasis in that body. And when you get certain illnesses, that's when you see the disruption of that, right? Either from an outside force, like we're in the pandemic right now, we should say in this podcast, we're still, you know, we're in the kind of 50% vaccination range of it, I guess to cue mm -hmm. people in, but cancer, your own body sometimes has cells that kind of go rogue, but we look at it as like the human beings have been evolving. Um, there were more barbaric times and, and things are still bad, but in that imagination, I think we see it as more fits and starts of like just pockets of um, sort of inflammation that you might have as you, as you come out of an illness or as you go through the stages of an illness. But if you really zoom back and take the alien perspective we do, it, it's still markedly better and we see a positive direction. Um, and, you know, that's what we're just trying to encourage people to do. And, and so the art, when you, do, when you do your art that makes people think, and it's funny because I have this analogy I always tell people in business where I'm like, you can't control the waves, but you can learn to surf on your surfboard better on the waves, right? But you've kind of taken that to the next level with like, oh, well, maybe if the surfboard can elevate above the waves, maybe, you know, and maybe mentally that's the mind over matter thing too. 
And the way that that kind of speaks to me in a way too, is like once that boat is up out of the water, it's kind of elevated itself above the elements, above the influences. Like, you know, if it's out of the water, you're not worrying about the tide. You're not worrying about, you know, where the moon is or where the sun is in relation to what's going to happen with the water taking over and controlling the boat. It has its own more element of its own control. Right. Yeah. And we should probably say that um, since we're talking so much about these boats, that um, the website is um, Lemire Art, that's L E M Y R E Art.com. Um, and you can see all of the art there. And also on our website at citizenbody.com as a featured artist. And uh, I believe you can also, can you also purchase uh, like, I, I guess, uh, copies or replicas of different paintings that you, that you like? Uh, the reproductions are available online and we also post all our latest work up there, which uh, somebody just has to email us and we'll let them know what the, what the price is. Yeah. Show, show us, do you have anything that you can show us? I want to grab you. I also saw a wine bottle in the background there, and uh, well, yeah, this one's good it's a little early for me. <laughs> a little. <laughs> oh, there's okay. a boat. Okay. There you go. So this was a, a, a winery out of California that commissioned a, a painting. How did you guys get hooked up with that? They find us online. We've done. Uh, we've we've had. Uh, we've done. A couple of album covers. We've done uh, a few wine bottles. Uh, we we don't promote it, but but people seem to find us somehow. Yeah. So and we, you know, now that you mention album covers, something sounds familiar. Like is it what album? What albums might we have seen that you oh, did the cover? Oh, they're small band. They're they're small bands. But we also have a book. Where's oh yeah? Can you grab the book? We had a book cover which I thought was really cool. Can you reach in there? Uh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just take it out. Sorry. Sorry for not being prepared. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so it's a book called The Culinary Imagination. Okay. Interesting because the cover is uh, is our painting. Yeah. Get there. And it's actually a pretty interesting book. And that's our painting on the cover. <laughs> oh, very cool. And it goes, and there's another boat right there. There's a, yeah. <laughs> another boat. <laughs> now that one's now, in the water, see? isn't it? That one is. That one is. Yeah. Coming come for the feast. See, <laughs> just when you thought you had it down, yep. a surprise. Yep. Yeah, and it was low tide, John. Yeah. Low tide in that one. <laughs> now, when you guys do that, when you paint, like my question, like, and I, you, you guys answered it for me also, but I don't know if anybody else is wondering this. When you're painting, is it that one of you, well, your primary medium appears to be oil. Is that correct? Yes. And then when uh, when you paint, is it that one person does like that background or that that landscape scene, and then the other person does the boat because they look like they're two very distinct styles. Sometimes um, yeah. we'd like to think that that it's melded into a into a kind of a combined right. style, but. It, it depends on the painting and how quickly we need to get things done for a show. <laughs> like we're yeah. Doing one. <laughs> yeah. And just to remind everybody that you are listening or watching the citizen body podcast or the body cast as we call it. And if you're enjoying and liking the content that you're seeing, 
please go to www.thecitizenbody.com to get more information. We've got newsletters, comics, uh, copies, you know, the podcast, uh, other content available. Also, there is a donate button. So if you're liking what you're seeing and you want to help us keep the content coming, please feel free to donate. And again, one of our featured artists that is on our website this week is uh, Lemire Art Studio. And we've got Jim and Lynn Lemire with us. And it's been awesome really like kind of seeing some of the things that you're doing. Well, also, you know, we were talking about different themes that are recurring. One of them is uh, these, these trees. Yeah. And uh, the trees, and not everybody sees it, but the trees are in the figure of a woman. I, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Once you see it, you can't. I, I thought I saw it when it was zoomed back. And then when you brought it in closer, I still saw it as a woman, but I saw it from a different angle. So now that, that makes me curious about, you guys mentioned philosophy, I think, in some of your bio. Who are some of your um, influences uh, and, it's, it's not philosophy so much as psychology is Carl. Psych Jung. Oh, Carl Jung, that's right. Okay. He's the huge for us. Okay. Um, does did you ever um, read any of Joseph Campbell's work by chance? Okay, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Power of Myth, a Hero with a Thousand Faces. That's probably because you know he talks about how art um, is the artists are the ones that advanced. Um, the, the spiritual, you know, and it's like that, that's actually uh, Grady and I, who, who is the gentleman who actually brought us together for this. Um, I, my, he brought up the connection between art and spirituality. And I actually called him and wanted to talk about that. And um, so it, it's, it's just interesting, you know, because the Joseph Campbell spirit of follow your bliss. I don't know if you know about that. Um, People say that when you start working in your in your bliss, people will come into the field of, of your bliss. But we're kind of trying to, with the citizen body analogy, taking that body thing and saying, if we're all sort of problem solving together and we're all sort of seeking truth and, and imagining together, it's just a more constructive use of human energy. So that's why I was curious about um, the, I guess in this case, Carl, Carl Jung is the psychological influence um, which ties really into, I mean, philosophy is and psychology are, are so closely intertwined, I think. And we try to blend even from the spirituality or theology to philosophy to science and art. We, we, we think we have to start being able to in our, hold them almost together in our minds. Jim and Lynn, uh, I was just looking at the painting that you were showing us uh, that is behind you of the trees and the, um, the woman. And when we were looking at that before, I knew like I saw the woman from one angle. And then as you brought it in closer, I saw, I still saw the woman, but from a different angle. And is there any significance to the trees and the woman? Like what, what's the, uh, you were, we were just talking about psychology and the effects that it has on your paintings. And is there any significance to the woman and the tree? Well, for the, for, for trees and, and figures, I, I always feel like that we're always trying to form a connection with nature. And so we tend to anthropomorphize uh, nature in a number of ways, whether it's, you know, uh, Jeremy Fisher in the Beatrix Potter or whether you it's, a cloud, or a you horse, see a, yeah. a horse in the clouds or uh, people in trees. So uh, for, for the trees, it's about connection. 
It's about have, having some sort of connection with nature and finding ways to connect. I think yeah. us. But with that particular painting, you were, you know, it's it's not only about that, but it's also like you were saying about a, a threshold between, you know, maybe two different realities. And that one has a, I don't know if you notice, there's a key hanging from the tree and a little keyhole in the woods. And um, so it's about unlocking these these different doors uh, to open up the imagination. Um, a lot of the paintings, we've done a series of so many different uh, paintings of uh, thresholds uh, between two different worlds, two different realities. Yeah. yeah. How many years have you guys been painting together? Like how long has it been? How long are we married? 30 some 35 years about let's guess oh wow <laughs> well that's this serves its own congratulations right there so yeah. in, in that done. time how many paintings do you think you've produced do you have a count oh god no <laughs> it's up it's up around i'm gonna i'm gonna say 500 maybe okay the years yeah wow and is is this your primary um like we were talking before about employment, and a lot of times artists, it can be difficult to sustain a living as, you know, art as the only mechanism of income. You know, what else do you guys do? Well, it's changed over the years. Sometimes, uh, you know, depending on whatever the, the financial status of the United States is, because, you know, after 9-11, uh, our, our sales took a, an enormous dip uh, and of course it took a while to crawl out of that and, uh, we had to take, uh, jobs to be able to live. It's, it's not, it's not probably the easiest career, uh, yeah. but it is definitely rewarding. It's definitely yeah. rewarding. I mean, artists have a, have problems getting health insurance. I mean, there, there's, uh, I mean, now that we have, you know, universal, we don't have universal health care, but we have Obamacare, um, that helped for a number of years, but, um, you know, we go on and off taking jobs from time to time, but they're usually not art related. I was the director of an art center for five years in Trenton. Okay. There's also the marketing that I, I find hard, the artistic side of me. It's, it's exhausting, especially with social media now. Um, it seems like you have to just constantly, constantly market, you know, all the different platforms constantly selling and how do you guys feel about that part of because you, you know you're doing this for a living you're doing it for a business does it does it reduce <laughs> what's that Lynn is really good at computers and design graphic design and so Lynn does all the good stuff that I, I really can't do I painting houses it wasn't for Lynn. <laughs> But does it does it detract from your feeling as an artist ever when you're selling and no. selling? No, and, and and I think it's 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 like creating wider communities and okay. wider connections. I mean, already I feel like because we're we don't work primarily in gallery in gallery with galleries, we do work with one gallery that's fairly local. But uh, in general, we go out. And like kind of a gypsy lifestyle, go out and bring our out art, our art out into the public by doing outdoor arts festivals, outdoor art shows, and that that has widened, you know, our connections in the world. Uh, but 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 only within pretty much this country. Whereas when you when you're on social media, your your reach is much larger to find your to find uh, people who have similar 
ideas, uh, similar desires, similar tastes, um, and it's I, I think it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great thing to be able to do. It's hard to keep up all the time because if you're not yeah. if you're not like a real extrovert, which you know we consider ourselves friendly introverts. <laughs> where we can we can have conversations like this and be very comfortable and and talk but then afterwards we're just gonna have to go lie down that was really <laughs> yeah i always say that's the one thing covid taught me about myself i thought i was an extrovert i found out that i was not and friendly introvert i, I think i might have to steal that one <laughs> yeah yeah we are but but it is uh, it is it can be draining and and mm. we go through periods of where I'm very much into the idea of like putting out everything that's going on woo and then other times where it's like shut down complete yeah. shutdown so yeah. it, it it varies I can't keep up the level that some people are capable of keeping up but but our our presence is always there if someone wants to look you know mm. it's it, you know we always have our website that's our home base we can always be found there. You know, I, I tend to keep that pretty, pretty updated. So. And give us the website address. Uh, it's lemireart.com. Okay. So lemireart.com, L-E-M-Y-R-E art.com. Mm -hmm. And so the, just, the, you know, with this spelling being a little bit different, you know, just yeah. making sure that it can be accessible to everybody. And what kind of um, connection do you feel like you mentioned to us that you had been at an art festival in Chattanooga recently? And like, I, as an introvert, how do you feel about getting that? Like, is that more personal connection? Is, do you find that that means more when you're able to get out there and actually be at your, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, invaluable when you, it's not like you need validation, but at some point you want to know that you're not, you know, going off the rails with some ideas. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's something that people can't relate to, you know. But uh, in Chattanooga, we were, you know, the new work was received really well. We, we did well in Chattanooga, and we're thankful for that. But, yeah, just talking to people about these ideas and stuff, when you get out into the world, it's, you can't do that in your studio, you know? People don't... Do you, do you find that you get more sales from, like, the in-person or Absolutely. from... Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think people see a painting, and they might connect. You can... I, I feel like I connect more to it when it's in front of me, and... I'm more likely to maybe purchase it or say, hey, you know what? I want that, like, I'll buy my art usually as a reminder of something that I've either done or a place that I've been. And that's what, that's what, like in my house, I have a lot of pictures hanging on the walls and that's what my art tends to be that I've picked up. And even, you know, after I've, you know, I had to empty out my mother's house and I, there were way more pictures on the wall than I had thought of. And you know, my partner's saying to me, oh, we got, we got all this stuff. We got to get rid of it. I'm like, I, I, I can't get rid of that. It meant something to her. That, that's, it's a connection. It, you know what I mean? And I find myself connected when it's her, the painting that was hers that I recognize what it meant to, even though like I wasn't there, but she told me about it and I remember what it meant to her. And that's where I feel that connection. And then when I go out and I'm experiencing a piece, you know, life, I find that that's where I, I connect with it is more of the in-person. Although I love looking at the website and that's where I, you know, the first thing I was like, I, I saw like there was, I think four or five pictures of the boats and I was like, gotta ask them about the boats. <laughs> well, we want to be able to, to sell uh, reproductions, which are more affordable. They're not a big risk 
financial risk for people to do. Um, we do sell um, originals from people who have seen them online, but they generally seem to be sold to people who have already seen us in person or already bought from us. So they, so they know pretty much what they're going to get, you know, yeah. it's, it's not going to be a, a unpleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. And, and I um, think, uh, so I was just going to say that one of the ways they get out is they have a show coming up um, with this will probably air mid May. But there's a show coming up in June in, in Rittenhouse, correct? Yeah, June, June 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, but it is a virtual Rittenhouse yeah. at this time. But, oh, that's uh, Rittenhouse right. Rittenhouse isn't, oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, the oh. Rittenhouse Fine Arts Show uh, happens, it occurs in the spring and in the fall. So the spring one, uh, the plan is virtual. Do you think the fall one might be in person? Oh, we're hoping because it's, yeah. it's such, it's our favorite show to do. We love Philadelphia. We love the park. Uh, the, the uh, Philadelphia is filled with, with a lot of really art, intelligent, art savvy people. And it's, it's always lovely having conversations. That's how we met Grady. Mm, okay. It'd be good if we could get, uh, I, we're looking for videographers, uh, video editors, and, and you know, if we, if we could, you know, get a videographer out there and maybe take some footage of you guys out at a show if they have it in the fall. I think it'd be a great way, like this tour of the studio was good that we posted up, um, but seeing you guys in action at one of those shows would probably be good too. Oh, yeah. You, know? you can when do they... a live video from there on your Facebook or Instagram too, I guess. Well, yeah. for the actual show, we actually are going to have, I think, a Facebook Live interview or uh, that's going to happen, and then uh, and then we haven't gotten the the date time scheduled. But there, we also do like a Zoom where we we have like an open studio Zoom uh, through Rittenhouse. They're they're really trying to uh, much more than a lot of other shows uh, offer opportunities even through COVID. Uh, for people to be able to connect. So uh, more so than just looking at a bunch of pictures on a website, you know, to interact. So everybody should should check out the, the Rittenhouse uh, Art Show website because they'll have a schedule of events of all the artists are, are going to do something or another, whether it's a Zoom or a virtual booth or whatever. But you'll have the, op people will have the opportunity to actually speak with the artists. Yeah, and even how if do, you're- How do you do a virtual booth? Um, it's like a Zoom. It's like an extended Zoom, which you have to, I have to be really careful about because sometimes Zoom will shut you down after 45 minutes. So, you know, if, yeah. they if there's no activity. But I think ours was something like three or four hours. Yeah, I wore a T-shirt. Yeah, that was Lynn wrote, Lynn wrote on Magic Marker, LemireArt.com on the back of my T-shirt. <laughs> so it's me painting in the studio yeah, with, funny. you know, a wall set up with paintings on it. And so if somebody wants to ask a question, they can say, excuse me. Can you, uh, and so I'll just turn around and talk to them. Or Lynn, Lynn's usually there and I'm she'll there, talk to yeah. them. So when you do the virtual, do you set the studio up so that people, like I know like at an art festival, you would have like your equipment and you would have some booths and you'd have, you'd have like the paintings hanging up and people yep. could browse. Mm -hmm. And do you set your studio up like that? Or do you actually that, go out to Rittenhouse and then just nobody else can come in? Yeah, yeah. We, use, we use the same walls that we do outside in the, in the you know, fresh air and a 10 by 10 spot, but the one upstairs is more like 10 by three, you know, it's shallow because you can't keep panning right. around and checking things out. So we do set up one wall with about you know, nine paintings, something like that. 
Okay. And then people can stop in and all throughout the, the time that we're, we're open, that the booth is open and chat. And, and we could probably go outside the Philadelphia area then because this can, anyone can right. attend it, right? right? So that's actually, that's the upside. So I was going to just say, Sue, real quickly for the audience. So it's paintings to hang on your wall, wine bottle labels, albums, right? Is there any other kind of work that you would do that the listeners or viewers would like to maybe be good to know? Oh, yeah. We have a project that we've been working on. Oh, my gosh. It's been five years now. We're um, working on the major arcana of a tarot deck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. We call the Threshold Tarot, and it has its own website, which is thresholdtarot.com. Okay. Um, and we, we've been working through each of the major arcana, and we're doing it slowly because uh, – and also as a kind of, of mental exercise – but uh, yeah. also very interested in the tarot. It's we don't we're not interested in the, in a in a woo woo sense. It's more of a psychological like dealing with uh, archetypes. Dealing it's all with about the idea archetypes. of archetypes and and that whole idea of how the juxtaposition the juxtaposition of of like different cards or different uh, objects within a, a painting will jog your subconscious and kind of um, kind of release imagination or suppressed or, or things that are suppressed in there <laughs> you know so it's just a it's an interesting project so I, are there... I know a lot about tarot cards but are you painting it as the set of cards that like somebody who is doing a reading would turn over the cards and do that or are you making paintings of all of the different ones and then they're going to be a series of paintings there are representation of the tarot, uh, the, 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 well, there's so many, so many different kinds of tarot cards, but uh, the, the 19th century um, uh, Rider Waite Smith deck is the one that we're, we're uh, kind of putting a riff on. Okay. Uh, and, and there's, there's all different kinds of tarot readers. There are those that believe truly in, in being able to, uh, you know, predict the future but, but we don't look at it that way we look at it more like uh seeing we're trying to get uh, messages from your own subconscious about decision making or or what's going on in your life or whatever it's it's more of a of a psychological exercise not yeah not, not a magical you know in any i don't know how you want to take that term because but yeah no, I think it's sensible approach. Is there any? Are there any paintings of yours where you would say they deal with archetypes? Because that's a major, I think, Young and Joseph Campbell sort of theme, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and pretty much all of them. All of them. The tarot, do, really. the tarot series has about fifteen images, I think, that are on the website right now. And okay. Yeah, they all have. They're all about archetypes. Right. But in, in, in the non-tarot series, though, the boats, I, I guess I'm thinking of the boats and maybe the, the um, nature with the, with the woman, are there, are, would you consider those archetypal? Or? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, because, okay. because, they, because they, they, they are cross-cultural. Okay. So it's not something that is, that is necessarily specific to, to European culture. Right. There are certain symbols that it doesn't matter where you come from in the world. Uh, you will have a similar reaction to it. And that's what makes an archetype. Maybe not 
you know, the archetype of the mother or the archetype of the father. I mean, there's there's definite archetypes that Jung discusses, mm-hmm. but, uh, but some of the, the symbols are, are symbols that are cross-cultural and we kind of see them as, as archetypes as well. Interesting. Okay, good. Good stuff. So we know where to start looking for, uh, you know, help with some of our graphic needs here, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, we could probably use some help. <laughs> <laughs> we could all use a little help, I guess, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, so Rittenhouse Fine Art Show in the spring and the fall is uh, the next place that we can find you. And uh, any other any paintings that you guys have worked on, where you like that are just super memorable for you, or that just kind of spoke to you? Um, they're all like maybe like your children. It's hard to pick a favorite. You know? and, and there's been pivotal ones that are you know moving. I only have one, so that's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but let me show you one thing that's here. It just happened to be here. We forgot. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is uh, sculpted more than painted, but it is painted. The the red part, and that's okay. Like, we're doing a series of uh, let me get the other one of keyhole paintings, that's and this a... is a dragon's eye. That's very sculptural. Uh, oh we, yeah, I got one. We both made a mold and made these gold escutcheons uh, to make to make like this giant keyhole. This is more. This is more. This typical. is more like it. Yeah. This is more typical of what we do, because we also kind of wanted to have that kind of feeling like of another world that you could look through a keyhole kind of and see. What's going on? What's going yeah. on? You know, because we're still, we, we just play around. I guess that the biggest uh, theme that we that we do really is thresholds, is that idea of, of, of being able to go into another world of the imagination, whether it's a dream or whether it's a waking kind of imaginative thing. But we really want people to be able to look at the painting and kind of imagine crossing over and that's the the the, the frame right. and, and the keyhole, going into the world. The keyhole is a it's a literal threshold. You know, a door has a threshold and you go through, and so that's that's where the keyholes come from. Very nice. And we should say to the uh, audio listeners that you definitely want to check out the video version of this podcast because the visuals definitely are helpful in tying it together, knowing what we're talking about. So, and they can go to the website, of course, but they can actually see what we're actually holding up. You know. Yeah, because uh, I mean, a lot of it, like we said earlier, uh, it's oil paintings. And but we also got to see the painting visualized on a book cover, on a wine bottle, you know, and, you know, in a on a canvas. And also then the, the more recent ones that we were speaking about, the keyhole kind of more framed what was inside. And what we saw inside the frame was either a painting or another medium. Like you said, it was like a glass dragon's eye. I had to like kind of zoom in and look a little closer to see what was uh what was going on in there yeah that's just but um yeah yeah so um anyway so anyway we will find you at the uh Rittenhouse Fine Arts Show on the weekend of June 4th 5th and 6th and how would people get um like locate that I'm, I'm not a great internet person so what would be is there a site or something yeah the rittenhouse let me see i think i, I just had it up it's rittenhousesquareart.com rittenhousesquareart.com and of course uh then for folks who want to find john and i you can find us on www.thecitizenbody.com that's where we uh have our podcasts our newsletters 
articles, comics, lessons, you know, all the citizen body content that really kind of helps us thinking as unifying as one. And obviously two people doing art together. I can't think of a better unity, uh, unity theme right now that, that, that works. And uh, it's amazing. It's really seeing the, what you guys come up with. It's, it's very cohesive, even though like the, the landscape might look very different than the boat or other, I, I did say, I remember there was um, one painting, I think that had an angel or something. There was, there was an angel, there was like something on her head and then the wings. And there was a lot of like light in the center too, I noticed was a, um, a theme in a few of the paintings that I saw and just really seeing, you know, being that light inside the darkness. And I think that's what we strive to do as well at the citizen body. Yep, so again, well. yeah. Yeah, so Jim and Lynn, thank you very much for being on with us today. Thank you. And um, yeah, so we will definitely be checking out the uh, Rittenhouse Fine Art Show. And you can also see Jim and Lynn's content on our featured artist of the week at the Citizen Body. So if you're not tuning in, obviously, when we broadcast this podcast, it'll be posted probably a week or two from now. So you, they can always kind of search back in our archives and find you there as well. Excellent. All right, everybody, thanks again for being with us. And you were listening to the Citizen Body uh, Bodycast and we'll tune in with you next time. Take care. Bye.